0: To take a customer and turn them into an ambassador of your brand, all right, you have to do what you're talking about. Like you have to be transparent. You, you have to be honest. You have to make a commitment in putting in processes and putting the customer's needs ahead of your own needs. Good morning and welcome to the coffee with Jason podcast, your podcast for fresh brews and fresh tips today. Jason will be jamming with Ralph Sherman of auto value Hyundai. They'll be chatting about customer satisfaction. What is it? Where does it start? How can we improve the process? Sit back with some closer's coffee and get ready to improve your game with your host, Jason Harris. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by closer's coffee for that full bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink closer's coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions. Hey, thanks for joining me on another episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest Ralph Sherman with Auto Value Hyundai. Hey, Ralph, thanks for taking the time to come jam with jam with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Um, been waiting to be on this for a while, so.
0: Thanks, You've you've been so good, dude. You've you've always been so supportive of my content, and you know we, we've been able, you know, we work we've been able to work on a few projects with each other, and you know you you just like you really know your stuff. You're, you're committed to your craft. You're committed to the dealership, and I think what's really unique about you is that you you come from that service side and also that sales side. So just to get started, is so everybody that who's watching and listening to this right now, um, let's give that little uh, origin story. That is Ralph Sherman. Okay. <laughs>
1: Um, I've been in this business for, I'm not going to give my age, Um, since I've been 16 years old. I uh, started at um, your corner Jiffy Lube as my first summer job. Um, Been in the car business since then. I became a licensed technician, had a couple car accidents, so I stayed in the automotive world, um, became an advisor, shop foreman, service manager, um, and then eventually moved up to um, general manager here at Auto Value Hyundai. So I have some 35, 38 years experience so far.
0: Just a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just,
0: just, just, just tiny bit, right? Yeah. You, you've been around. You've been around the merry-go-round a few times. <laughs> I think we all have in the automotive industry, right? Yeah, man. Once we kind of get into this industry, it just sucks us in. It becomes yeah. a part of our, just become kind of who we are, and it's just it's in our blood, and there's no other way of getting around it, right? Yeah. You know
1: what? A lot of people complain about it, but it always puts a roof over my head and food on the table, right? At the end of the day, what else can you ask for?
0: Exactly. Hey, now we had an opportunity um, before we started shooting here to talk a little bit about what we were going to discuss today. And I really liked the direction we wanted to go here. And, um, you know, uh, it was the phrase that you kind of came up with yourself is, you know, building the dealership through service, which I think is awesome. Right. And I think a lot of people think of that going, oh, okay. Building the dealership through service. Why don't you explain to me a little bit of what that means to you?
1: Okay. Um, coming from a service background, a lot of Other manufacturers and other, other dealerships decide that, you know, we're going to sell X number of cars and that's going to keep our service department busy. And that's going to keep our customers coming back. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if we're not servicing our customers in the back, they're not coming back to the front to buy a car. You have to be able to service the customer multiple times before they buy a secondary car. If you just sell them a car once you're done in the front, but you have to build a relationship in the back and until you can get a grasp of what your service department is doing and how they're actually servicing a customer, you really can't get that whole customer satisfaction index throughout the whole dealership.
0: No, yeah, that's true, right? Like, if our goal here is satisfied customers, happy customers, right? We want to we want to build a relationship, key relationship, right? But we want to build one of transparency and honesty and trust. Then what? better place to do that than in our service department.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a place they're going to two, three, four times a year sometimes. So they're going to see that service advisor way more, and they're going to be essentially the liaison for the rest of the dealership. If they have a good experience there, they believe they'll have a good experience up front. Perception is reality, right?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think for sure, if you kind of think of your service department as kind of the fuel that drives the engine, that is the dealership, that's really kind of the best way to look at it, right? There are dealerships out there that are just running on shit fuel, <laughs> you know, and then there are dealerships out there that just have amazing service departments, you know, great communication between the front of the dealership and the back of the dealership. And they're just running on high octane fuel. And they are, they, I mean, they're pumped I mean, they're powered. I mean, they're moving. Right. And I think that should be any general manager's goal is to get to that place. Because if we think about, it, we've talked about this before, right. If we're constantly focusing on acquiring people from the front of the dealership, you know, the cost of acquisition is, astronomical I mean it is it's huge I mean we're easily three to six hundred dollars you know per person in marketing dollars just to get them into the door you know but once we do get them into the door we got to keep them in the door and we also got to build what I call um, brand ambassadors. And I think your best opportunity to build a brand ambassador is going to be in that service department. And you guys do a phenomenal job of that. So tell me a little bit kind of how that started for you guys and why you guys have such a big passion for that.
1: Um, My biggest passion is customer satisfaction. And I reiterate that to every person that starts here. Customer satisfaction starts with the people that work in that dealership. It doesn't start with a hot dog promotion or a barbecue that weekend. It is, I left the dealership and I left with a feeling of X and you feel an X. Mm-hmm. The culture has to be in the dealership so that the energy is there. I'm, I'm a big believer of positive energy and you can feel it. You can feel negative. You can feel positive. When you walk into a place, be at a restaurant, be at a dealership, and the air is buzzing, and you and I have talked about this for mm-hmm. the health department, and the air is buzzing because there's things going on, people want to interact in that place of business. The staff wants to be there, the customers want to be there and, and do their business there, because everybody else has such a good time, i got to see what why they're having such a great time, and I want to do that business. So, it comes down to valuing my employees. Um, I've had If prior to me starting, it's still the same sale or same service staff in the back, all of them that were 176 in customer satisfaction that last year were the same staff that were number one in customer satisfaction. They started believing in our process, what we do for our customers and the value that we give them. And again, perception is reality. If they perceive it to be true, it's true. 100%.
0: 100%. And, and, you know, like energy is everything. And I, I agree with you. I mean, look, I, I, I go into a lot of dealerships, right? So, you know, I do walk into your dealership. I do feel it from a cultural perspective, you know, all the way from the receptionist to the sales team to, to anybody in the service department. Like, it, it, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I got asked if I was okay when I was just just hang around, you know, at your dealership. I mean, everybody just wanted to make sure that I, that I was being taken care of. Right. Yeah. And that's obviously something that you had to train on. So, you know, Hey, from going from one seventy six to number one, that's a huge jump. Right. What would you say? And I know there were probably a lot of processes that went into play to make that happen. But What would you say just for the people that are listening and watching right now, what would you say the three biggest process changes you made to go from there to there?
1: Three biggest questions. Wow. Um, Number one is valuing your employees. Number one is, Mm -hmm. and we do such little things. Um, It's not, you know, everybody wants the big, the big grand Chester. There's a thousand dollar bonus. It's we, we set to attain a goal and it could be as simple as all right, well it's $1.25 for a liter of gas, right? $50 gas card. If we get to X, And then we just keep building on X. So we started with our CSI in a certain spot. And I said, all right, let's this month, if we get there. We're all going to go out for dinner. And we went for (laughs) pizza and wings. And that that pizza and wing dinner starts building a culture. And the next day, people are selling more and people are engaging customers more. And the rewards don't have to be monetary. The rewards can be seeing your, your, your dealership at the number one spot. Um, and some people here worked at other dealerships in the area as well. You and I talked about this being a carousel. Um, and you know what, when you beat the machine and you beat the bigger guy and it's a Davy and Goliath thing, that's another motivation. It's another, enough to change the culture. You know what they start believing, they start seeing baby steps start happening. And now they know that, you know, Now we broke into the top hundred and now we broke into the top 40 and it comes down to valuing the employees is is probably the number one thing. The processes are very important Mm -hmm. because they can start seeing that start to work. So we started a process of, um, our our second thing was walk around the car. It was at a, a Ford dealership out in the middle of nowhere and Um, this guy was so adamant about walk arounds. he went to a Ford meeting, do a little three questions survey. And I'm not sure if you and I talked about this, but it was a JD power survey and said, uh, what percentage of people love their spouse was question one. What percentage of people love their kids was question two. And what percentage of people love their cars? So they flipped their answers around. The first one was, uh, people who loved their spouse was at a staggering 49%. Um, <laughs> yeah <That's a> good <laughs> the, <one. laughs> well I mean you look at the divorce rate so you do this and um, <laughs> the second one was what percentage of people love their kids it came back at 92% and the third was about their vehicle and it came back at a tie with their kids wow so at that point he decided and I adopted it from him um, is that you know, when they're dropping their car off to you, it's like they're dropping their child off the daycare. You don't drop them off at the front door and then just drive away. Right. I
0: like that. That's, that, that's a chat. great visual. That's yeah. so perfect.
1: So we adopted that every car, it doesn't matter if it's rain, shine, minus 45 plus 45, every car gets a walk around. And at first it took a bit of a struggle, but we go with the customer because once they get out to the car, they are more apt to tell you more about that car. They are more apt as opposed to the desk to open up. They say that at the desk, you will get one line per work order at the car. You'll get an average of 2.3 lines per work order. Mm-hmm. So they started going up to a point and it really hit when they start seeing results, it really starts to stick to them. Um, we had a customer actually call in because we listened to our phone calls and we, we play them back um, as training. Mm-hmm. Gentleman called in and said, I just had knee surgery. Sherry, I'll be there in five minutes. Can you please, I can't walk in. Can you come out and do my walk around? So (laughs) at that point, it hit everybody in the face. I went, wow, it really is something that's necessary, something that people want. They love that their second biggest investment, you're going out to look at it. You're going to talk about it and you're going to point things out at that that walk around. It's an opportunity to create a rapport with a customer. You see a hockey stick and next time it's like, oh, do you play hockey? Oh, no, my kids play travel. You may not remember their name, but you can always say, Hey, listen, I was you guys still playing travel active. It doesn't stop 12 months here. And they become impressed with that interaction that you have with that customer.
0: You know what? I love that. I mean, and just just to recap real quick, because I think there was some great stuff right there, you know, uh, going back to your first point, right? And uh, celebrating those micro achievements, you know, we all know that the big goal is to get to number one, but if we're not celebrating those micro achievements in between the, the, the getting up To you know the top 100 and then the 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 top the top 60 or the top 40 and the top 30 and so on and so forth we're not celebrating those and and the individual micro achievements like I said with even with a gas card or something along the lines but I I love the idea of pizza and winging your way into culture Um, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what you did right you you, you you made your goal and objective their goal and objective. By really sharing your passion for it and making that passion become, um, become something they want to embrace themselves, right? And then secondly, this commitment to meeting them at, meeting them at the door. You know, really doing that walk around at their space because, to your point, you know, like that that survey you said that the other gentleman did was that people love their cars equally as much as they love their kids. Yeah. You know, so I love the idea. I love the visual of you know, look, guys out there that are listening and watching, to this, guys that are listening and watching this. You know, that's that's what people think with their cars. I mean, and in fact, yeah. in some cases, they probably spend just as much time in the cars as they do in some, yeah. with their. <laughs> Absolutely. Kids. I hate to say, I might actually be one of those with the amount of driving I do. Um, <laughs> never noticed. Never noticed. <laughs> yeah, never noticed, right? Those eight thousand kilometers a month. Yeah, they never, they never noticed, I know.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and I agree with you. It's, it, you know what happens? And the culture starts to change on the micro achievements that they actually start setting their own goals. Yeah. Like so the, at one point, they said, hey, if we get to 96% of customer satisfaction this month, will you take us to a nicer restaurant? I know that 96 is going to make us number one. So I go, that's a no brainer. We spend thousands on advertising to try and tell people how great we are. You spend three, $400 for a meal for, for six people. It's a no brainer. It's, it's the greatest investment. And again, next day after that dinner, everybody loves everybody else. They love each other. they are other, you know, any quarrels they had in the past have been forgotten after, you know, a beer and a steak and away you go.
0: But I'm sure it's not just the food too. It's the, it's the family environment. Right. I mean, I like, I, I, I know you, we've gone to several meals. I don't anticipate just going to a meal and just slowly sitting there, just cutting my steak and drinking, you know, like there's going to be a lot of conversation. There's going to be a lot of chatting back and forth. And, and, you know, as, as personal as you like to get with your clients, you do that even more so with your employees. I mean, you know, everything about your employees. Every single thing, you know, when their kids are doing this and when, yep. you know, their kid just graduated from here and when this person's anniversary is, I mean, y- y- you've made that commitment to really know them. And I think that's been infectious to the point where now your your salespeople or your advisors want to know the customers just as much as you want to know yep. um, the employees themselves. So that's cool. I love these two. This is great. This is great two ones, right? Uh, you know, um, celebrate those micro events. You know those micro um, those those micro moments where you're achieving as you go along to achieve your goal, and I, I love the idea. Like I said, of just getting out there face to face and really doing that walk around. What would you say the third the third one would be just for everybody? I know, like I said, I know there's a lot more than three, but just yeah, yeah. The third, um,
1: the third one would be, I guess, the process is more of a believe in what we're selling and believe that they are getting the customer is getting the best value. Maybe not the cheapest price, maybe not the most expensive price, but the best value to a point where we can say, when I first got here, they would back out of out of a sale. They would say, you know, Miss Customer, don't worry about it. You can't do the service three. We'll just we'll we'll bring it in, we'll look at it, and then we'll check the brakes. And then if the technician says it needs it, then I'll come and tell you. Meanwhile, you've given up a half hour of extra time because by the time the tech takes the wheels off, finds the customer, gets the okay, brings them out in the shop, has a look at it. It's, um, it starts losing if They start losing tech time. We start losing shop productivity. So kind of going hand in hand with that as that process, the biggest thing that we did at that point was bring the customer out to the shop. So anytime a customer needs work or is unsure of work, um, listen, we're going to do the service three today and here's why. And, we know that in Southern Ontario, this is going to happen to your brakes. It will happen to them. We know it for a fact. And the, the the honesty that they know it, the the belief that they would do it on their car, because if somebody says, would you do it on your car and you him and ha, they're not going to buy from you. If you said, mm-hmm. yes, I would buy that extended warranty because of X, it's happened to me in the past, you buy it, right? So if they say, would you do a brake service on your car? Yes, I absolutely would because I've seen too many times where a $100 job now becomes a $600 job. Sure. So it becomes a process of here's what we sell. Here's why it needs it. My Mr. Technician is going to show you why it needs it. And it builds a trust. So I guess the biggest thing, third thing would be trust between the customer, um, from the customer. So if we tell them I need something, we believe it. We can prove it to you, and we can show it. We're very the the, the biggest thing we did was become very visual. So
0: yeah. So, so you're talking about not telling them, but showing them. So so, so yeah. just so I can visualize this. This is you physically bringing them out to the shop.
1: We do many things. So we bring them out to the shop. We yep. have, um, you know, you'll bring the printout from the alignment. You will, you know, show them the dirty air filter. Here's a new one. Here's your. Here's what yours looks like. Um, we have what we call comparison syringes, where which hold about an ounce of fluid and it has an ounce of clean fluid in the other half. And we can actually tell the customer says, Oh, I don't know if that came from my car. Oh, no problem. Let's go to the shop and you can actually pull a sample yourself. And it goes from, we're not, we're not selling the customer. They're buying it. They look at it and go, Oh, if that's in my car, you better change it. And that builds a whole new, a whole new level of trust. When they go home, they can't say, you know what? Oh, I just had, uh, I had a transmission service, transmission service. You, you wasted your money. You got ripped off. No, no, I actually pulled the sample. It was black. I saw it. And
0: it's, in no, my total, ma- it's total transparency. That's really what I, and, and you know what, though? that's really cool because look, let's face it. All right. Um, the typical consumer out there, when they think of servicing their vehicle, transparency is not one of the words they would typically subscribe, uh, uh they would use to, ex- to describe that yeah. experience. Um, and, and I don't think that a, uh, friendliness is also a word they would typically describe, right? Right. So, I mean, look, you're kind of hitting both those birds with those two processes that you've lined up so far that, that, that uh, really going out there, being with the customer at the walk around, no matter what, you know, and and guys, by the way, whoever's listening to this or watching this, you know, I've literally been there when it's raining and watch the service advisors walk out in the rain. Like it is when, when Ralph says it is rain, sun, snow, when it it doesn't matter, they've committed 100% to always going out there and doing that with the customer. And then, like you said, just being transparent, it's not enough that we just tell them that this is what needs to be done. We actually have to show them what needs to be done. So, you know, I look, I I look, I know at the end of the day, there was probably a lot of processes that got, that got you from, what was it? One, what did you say was 176. 176. A little ways back, Just, just a little ways. All right. From 176 to number one, you know, these were three things that really kind of brought it to you. Now we kind of started off the conversation with, you know, building the dealership through the service department. Okay, so now now I kind of want to tie all that back in. So now you've gone from 176 to number one, right? How did that affect the front end of the dealership?
1: Well, when I got up here, we had the same rough struggle as far as GSI goes in the front of the dealership. And it helped once we got the, the salespeople on the same type of program of culture change and greeting and we, you know, we go above and beyond and we always walk out and we always bring two cars for comparison. Um, the whole dealership started to rise mm-hmm. and we adopted spot deliveries. Well, you can't do a spot delivery if your service and sales team don't talk. If your parts department doesn't like your sales manager and your cleanup doesn't like the guy in the front, you're never going to get those things done. So we can actually turn a car in approximately two hours from the time the deal gets signed and approved to the time they can pick up
0: the car. And now, now real quick, I'm just going to stop for one second because we do have a lot of us listeners that are probably scratching their head right now because they're not a hundred percent sure what we're talking about in Canada. All right. Yeah. Typical dealerships do not deliver vehicles the same day they get purchased. Usually it's between 48 to 72 hours after the purchase does the customer actually pick up the car. So it is a very unique process that Ralph and the dealership has created here. um, And it required both, um, uh, both commitment from the front of the dealership to the back of the dealership to be able to actually deliver a vehicle within the same day. So, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to stop you there, but just... I no, it's mean, good, it's, it's good. Yeah. What is he, what is he uh, talking about? We deliver cars all the time. <laughs> I
1: know, yeah. And, and, I mean, I was out west for a couple of years. It's easier there. I mean, we had six, 7,000 people in five places you get a license. So, <laughs> very simple. Not very like easy. Service Ontario. Um, but if it's a plate transfer, yeah, we can... We'll take a car. We did two today. So, somebody came in, drove a Kona at 11 o'clock this morning. By 2 o'clock this afternoon, that Kona was going home with them. Um. So it's, but that's that culture. If we don't have the culture built in the service department to do that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I know last place where a service manager would tell a, a sales manager two days before I can get that car in, because we're doing engines right now. So <laughs> they're more concerned. And, and, I, and I've heard it. I've heard it in, in, in grassroots meetings. We're like, well, we're, we're, we can't take retail customers for two weeks. Uh, makes no sense to me. Yep. Yeah. You know what the guy get in the car, that's getting the, the, the free warranty engine. And he's got a brand new car to drive while his seven-year-old car in for service. He's happy. It's all about balance, and it's that—that's that's that whole culture event, right? If if we can't work together, then we'll never be successful, and you'll never get CSI, and you'll never build your service department because too many people forget that they're back there. It's just they're—they're they're a necessary evil. Great, right? mm-hmm. we got somebody now that we sold the car. These guys can change oil for you, and that's the introduction. And I guess to kind of bring one of the more of those props into place, every car that gets sold that person. Yes. I know we want to show people how to book online, but when you go somewhere, you want to know somebody, right? You go to a restaurant because they say, Hey, Jason, how are you? I know you would like a whiskey sour today, whatever it may be. Right. Um,
0: How did you know? (laughs) If I hung hung out with you before, I'm just kidding. But that one time,
1: (laughs) Um, but it. You want to know the people that are there. You want to you want to be able to interact. If you believe that somebody's your friend, you will do business with your friend. Or if you've been introduced, we've all sat around on a on a dinner on a Saturday night, and somebody says, "Hey, where can I uh, buy a, a television?" Oh, I'll tell you what. You go see Frank over at this place. Mm-hmm. You walk in and you trust Frank, right? So you have to build that within your dealership and within your service department. So if somebody says, "Where do I get my car fixed?" Because I have. Every customer talk to a technician, they automatically now get a card from Dave the technician and go, you know what? I was talking to Dave Technician, he's a great guy. And it builds that whole that, trust and that relationship.
0: And well, it's creating, it's creating those ambassadors, right? But I mean for for yeah. certain, you, to to take a customer and turn them into an ambassador of your brand, all right, you have to do what you're talking about. Like you have to be transparent. You you have to be honest. You have to make a commitment in putting in processes and putting the customer's needs ahead of your own needs. Yeah. You know, th- those are the things that you have to do. There's just no offense, butts buts about it.
1: But you have to do it 100% of the time. And that's...
0: That's right. That's it's all about execution, right? We've talked about this a bunch of times, right? And idea is only yeah. as good as how we can execute it. Yeah. So how did that work for you guys? Because like, you know, look, when you start, nobody's 100%. Correct. So, so how did that build up? What were some of the efforts behind there?
1: Yeah. To me, it's accountability. So mm. if you measure and manage and hold people accountable and you tell them what your, your expectation is and you laid out clearly, you can't say, you know what, Jim Smith, I want you to sell 20 alignments this week. Okay. Here's how we're going to sell 20 alignments. So you're going to put every alignment check on every single work order. And we're going to give you a printout every time. And you're going to sell three a day. I promise you, if we do all these things, here's what I expect from you. And then you hold them to that commitment, but it's got to be I was every morning. I'd be the first one here, and the numbers would go up. CSI would be the first thing to go up. Where you stood, where we stood, and then your sales number. So you don't wait until the twenty seventh of the month and go, "Oh, we got to sell twenty five transmission services in the last four days, but I've only sold seven the whole month." Right? You you know what I'm talking about. You've yep. been
0: yep been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> that's that's what happens. So
1: if we don't give people numbers every single day, and we keep ourselves, we got to hold ourselves accountable first. Mm-hmm. So I can't expect them to do a walk around 100% of the time if I don't give them the results 100% of the
0: time. So daily accountability, that's yeah. that's really what it is, right? Well, I mean, to, yeah. if, if, if your goal is to be able to execute a process 100% of the time, every single time, daily accountability is what really helps you guys to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'm kind of curious because I, you guys do so much right stuff in the service department. And then I just, there's just so many happy customers back there. Yep. Um, I know this has positively affected the front end and your sales. Yes. You know, do you have an idea of how much it's affected? I mean, do you-
1: um, Well, we are, I mean, we've only been up front for a year. So we did a 12 to 14% sales increase last year. Um, we're tracking for a 21% increase this year um, in a market that is pretty flat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do the most and another thing that we do every day is we walk a lot every single day at 11 o'clock and I count how many other dealer plate frames are out there.
0: <laughs> I know you like that. That's kind of a game of yours, isn't it? <laughs>
1: it is. Well, you know what, when you see half a dozen out of your 20 parking spots have a dealer plate from somewhere else, my opportunity now is to be able to sell them their next car because they already trust us for service.
0: So what percentage of you say, and I will let you ballpark. I don't need you to have the exact number, but what percentage of your monthly sales would you say actually now comes from the service department?
1: We service department absorbs approximately 80 to 85% of the dealership cost every month. So we got to do 15 to 20% in F&I and uh, car sales. So, you start the month off in a pretty good scenario, so that's that building actually on the on the service department. Mm-hmm. I mean, our sales increased by, like I said, twelve percent last year, um, but our service department has increased their sales by thirty five percent this year so far. Wow! So it's not coming on extra cars; it's retaining vehicles longer. It's having CSI gives you better retention. There's no doubt about it. Sure. Um, so we actually are expanding into the body shop and taking on three more bays because we just can't handle the volume right now. So they'll have a growth by the end of the year of 45 to 50% over last year. So they'll probably absorb by the time we're done, 95% of the dealerships cost every month.
0: Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's actually really cool. I mean, really, you know, for most dealerships, a, 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 you know, a good 60, 70% is, is is great. I mean, you guys pushing 90, almost over 90%. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, I think we go a little bit into the service department right now, because we had some chance to kind of talk a little bit about that before you made a comment. And I know it's a little, you know, we we started off a conversation talking about how can I, how to build the dealership through the service department, but it's something that I've, it's been in discussion a lot lately. You know, we were talking about this earlier is how everybody in the service department is really kind of focused on this, this hourly, you know, it's just, right. and it's, it's been, it's been, you know, kind of our KPI in the service department for God, I don't right. know, i mean way before me and probably even before yourself. It's just, everything has always been measured on hours and I'm actually in line with you. I'm actually not a fan of measuring it on hours because that doesn't necessarily mean a hell of a lot. What are right. your thoughts on that?
1: So the common misconceptions of hours, like you and I talked about a little bit in the beginning was you can manipulate hours right? You can, you can charge out two hours to do a job, but only, you know, you can charge a tech two hours, but you only charge a customer hundred bucks if you're charging. Let's say you're charged hundred bucks an hour around numbers. You're only collecting $100. You can say, I got two hours per work order, but your effective labor is only 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. So too many guys go, okay, well my, I'm, I'm, I'm at 1.8, but my door a hundred dollars, but I'm only collecting $65 an hour actually. Right back to that original where I said we were priced too low. If you start looking around, you want to be no less than $10 below your door rate. So if you're charging hundred bucks an hour, you want to be at least $90 an hour of your door rate. We have the opposite thing where we charge 105, but our effective labor is 108. Um, <laughs> and it comes down to price. So when somebody says, what's your hours per work order? It looks like crap. Because if I only collect, let's say I collect 130, Yep. I'm only at one point two five, and I go at one point two five. That's terrible, but I'm collecting one hundred thirty dollars per hour, and you're collecting seventy. So the true number is what you truly collect. You can't you can't collect hours, right? You don't put hours in the bank. You put money in the bank.
0: That's very true.
1: So you gotta you gotta focus on how many dollars you're bringing in. If you keep giving away or you give a discount or your service policies through the roof, you're giving your money back. And it's, it's not, you can't, you can't get that right absorption if your service department isn't making the right amount of money.
0: No, not at all. And I think that's just one more thing. And I wanted to bring that up just to, you know, for you to get to that point where the back end of the dealership is going to absorb almost 90 some odd percent of the expense of the dealership. That's, that is, I think one way that you guys have been able to do that. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's a great tidbit for everybody out there. <laughs> Hey, um, this has been awesome, Ralph. I really appreciate you taking the time to come jam with me today. And I know you are totally an open book. So, you know, if anybody's out there listening or watching this, I encourage you to reach out to Ralph because Ralph will reach out to you. (laughs) What is the best way to connect with you, Ralph?
1: Um, usually by email, um, or you can, you can pass forward my cell phone number.
0: All right, we'll do that. We're, going to, we're actually going to put it in there. I'm like, for a good time, call yeah. Ralph. That's actually what I'll do. I'll put it in the uh, bottom comments of this podcast for a good time. No, I'm just kidding, man. I won't do that.
1: Hey, you're scraping that off all the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. Hey, Ralph, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah. That was a lot of fun.
1: Hey, Jason, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Have yourself a good one. You too, man. Thanks a lot. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.